Welcome to the Software People Stories. I'm Shiv. I'm Chitra. And I'm Gaiti. We bring you interesting untold stories of people associated with the creation or consumption of software-based solutions. You'll hear stories of what worked and sometimes what didn't. You will also hear very personal experiences and insights that would trigger your thoughts and inspire you to do even greater things. Hi. In this episode, I continue my conversation with Tom Pierce, the president and founder of Integrated Information Systems, I2S. I'd asked him a question on how the integrated in his company name is internalized by his clients. He responds to that question and also shares many more interesting thoughts in this episode. For example, he shared how their weekly five-hour workshops for clients to get vibrant conversations going has helped and the use of music in some of those interactions. And he also talks about his experience with music when uh, practicing first bass as a solo or separately, and then with the entire team. The metaphor that he used from baseball is something that I found very interesting on uh, being present and aware of the other players and taking decisions on the spot. I also asked him about how children learn music and whether there are lessons that we can adopt from there to make software teams more effective. Very interesting answer for that as well. He His career tips for those considering a career in IT as well as those considering a switch mid-career, particularly from non-tech to tech roles. He also draws from his experience of holding his first grandchild in his hands. That's beautiful. Uh, That is about a response to a question on patience and a sense of urgency or rushing through life. And finally, how he finds time for being interested and engaged in multiple activities. Listen on. A related point or a thought Sure. Again, from comparing from military, normally we say it is all command and control. Uh, whereas, uh, yeah, I'm sure it's there in the military as well. Uh, software is more of a team sport, right? When you talk about yes. understanding the needs and then uh, solving it, and it's probably not one person who's going to solve it. Whether it is um, in the team of the people who are developing the solutions or the users who need to use this. I particularly liked uh, the name of your company when you say integrated information systems, right? So thank you. And how do you ensure that the, your clients become an integrated organization? Wow. Fascinating question. Let me just give you a a, a vignette, just a a slight Mm -hmm. picture. So the, this was not early. I should have started this earlier, but, but more recently, We've started inviting our clients to workshops. Okay. Uh, we have a standing workshop every Wednesday that runs five hours. Uh-huh. And and we kind of rotate among our clients and, and they come in and we brainstorm. Hmm. There's no agenda. There's no plan of action and milestones. You hmm. know, maybe a couple of organic ideas will grow out of it that become tasks. Hmm. But But the whole idea of it is let's talk 
about your needs, your issues, your problems, what we're working on, how they blend, how they dovetail, how they conflict. Hmm. And that interaction is so energetic mm-hmm. and so vibrant. It, it, it you know, again, it, it, at this point in my career, looking backwards, I, I look back at all of the various names people have come up with for the right way to run a meeting. Mm-hmm. For, for the for the right way to put the the you know the butcher paper or the mm-hmm. sticky notes or you know I, I'm sure you're you're quite an expert in all these techniques that that people use to try to get conversations going. Well, use whatever technique works for you, but don't ever lose sight of the goal is actually an engaging, vibrant conversation where a people are telling the truth to each other. Mm-hmm. where people are building relationships with each other. I, the last meeting we had last week had an incredibly positive exchange with a guy that he and I used to not get along at all. Mm-hmm. But we finally found the common ground and the common problem we're trying to solve. And and the sense of respect and camaraderie, it really is. I, I use a lot of music metaphors. I got a lot of music in my background. Mm-hmm. It really is seeking harmony rather than unison. Mm-hmm. It's seeking that 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 symphony and that orchestra. You want people disagreeing with each other. You mm-hmm. want the different perspectives. You're not trying to come up with, forgive me, one of my least favorite phrases, one version of the truth. Yeah. There are multiple people in this room with decades of experience and valuable perspectives. We truly can understand each other. If if that is our stated and intentional goal, and it that client and and developer relationship is the glue. It don't go develop something and then search for a client who might find value in it, and don't you know don't go to a client and say I don't even need to talk to you. I already know what you need. Mm-hmm. No, engage, figure out what do they want. What do you have? How does it fit? How can you change it? Uh, one of the analogies, another one of the analogies my son came up with that, that I just love is it, it's, it's, he actually came, it came at it from gun manufacturers, but I, I prefer it from uh, cabinet makers that there's this 80% threshold that you can accomplish about 80% of what anybody needs with the standard package. Hmm. But that last 20% is going to be customized. Yeah. So, so you save the time and the energy, you sort of quote mass produce or replicate. 80%, but that last 20%, you, you got to be on the ground, you know, in, in the space, understanding the situation to, to do the tweaks and the custom fits. And, and I really think that's where the, the payoff, the harvest comes mm-hmm. out is, is in that inter, integration of multiple streams of, of background and thought, the harmony, the orchestration, all of it. Okay. Yeah, so as a person who is uh, outside the organization, I guess you can easily spot the patterns, you know, where to connect, what to connect. But for people who are in the process every day, how do you get them to either see the big picture or at least adopt, say, maybe changed ways of working? Right. I think one of the... um... One of the great challenges of, of this generation, the you know the post information age, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. is that we have exceeded the capacity of most people to comprehend mm-hmm. what's going on around them. It's it, it, it's information overload 
you know, exponentially. Mm -hmm. And so one of the normal human behaviors in that environment is to, to, um, to turtle up, to, to, to cave Mm -hmm. and to, to just get the blinders on and stay focused only what is my responsibility, Mm -hmm. only what I'm supposed to do. And the siloing can easily become fragmentation in any organ organization. I am a fan of segmentation. I believe that you replicate and differentiate, right? Every organization, every function, every team, every individual has unique skills that are different than other skills. But that need not be your only identity, your calling card, your your only frame of reference. It 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 needs not to be. Um, <laughs> in a, in a, a choir that I was in in college, we practiced as sections. I, I, I was a first base. So okay. I went and sang in a small room with just the first bases and we sang mm-hmm. just the, that part. And it sounded terrible. Just mm-hmm. us, you know, we could tell all the notes, but it didn't. And, and the choir master would occasionally bring us back together and sing with the other basses and then the tenors. And then none of us heard the whole thing with all of the instruments and the solos till dress rehearsal. Okay. That was the first yeah. time we heard it all blend together. And I think functionally, most organizations have gone way too far towards the specialization to the point of fragmentation (laughs) and need regular routine at every level, cross-functional collaboration, so that they understand how does my shortcut impact your workload. Mm. And, And when you can get that collaboration really at the lowest level possible. Uh, one of my favorite uh, metaphors is American baseball. I, please forgive me. I am baffled by cricket. Someday I'll take the time to learn it. But in American baseball, I, there's an. I think one of the reasons Americans love it so much is because of all of the clear, difficult, complex decision making that happens in the instant. Hmm. When a shortstop catches a ball, he has to decide where to throw it before he catches it. And and the metaphor of the shortstop catching the ball and then looking into the dugout to get some visual clue from the manager, what should I do now? Or worse yet, up to the owner suite. Okay, boss, you pay my paycheck. What do you want me to do with this baseball? Hmm. Is absurd that the guys on the field have to know each other and anticipate each other's move across multiple different roles. Uh-huh. And then that gets paralleled. In, in the coaching circles and in the owner circles. And I think the larger corporations, the one that tend to act like aircraft characters and carriers and can't move very fast, mm-hmm. they get way too many layers. Mm. And the, the true cross-functional collaboration, if it happens at all, mm. only happens in the C-suite when vice presidents are trying to cut each other's throat because they each want the other one's job. Yeah. It, that feeds down into organizations toxically. So at every level, the collaboration and speaking each other's language, just practice, prepare. I, I, I'm a much bigger fan of preparation and practice than I am of planning. Okay. People take the word plan and, and they just turn it into something rigid. Why didn't you execute the plan? Because mm-hmm. it wasn't a good plan. Uh, be, because the, the anticipated circumstances changed. But <laughs> at every level collaborate get to know the people whose jobs you're impacting by your decisions mm-hmm. i think the work from home phenomenon from from covid and the and the shutdowns actually made that much worse 
because people tended to, to, to silo themselves and fragment themselves and you lose so much of that, that in-person dynamic, that body language dynamic that, that lets you know when you're moving towards harmony instead of discord. So I, I think that's probably the, the most difficult and most important ingredient yeah. to, to a healthy organization. Yeah, wonderful. Actually, this has been one thought that I've been having for a very long time, but I've never been able to uh, either articulate or get someone to uh, find the analogy, which is um, we find that when children learn music, yes, it's very different from the way we probably teach them any other uh, things. One, yeah. Yeah, like you said, uh, ultimately it has to come together as a team. But more than that, just by listening to a note, you know whether it is uh, discord or whether it is cacophony or whatever else. Yes. So can we, so the, that is the, the question that has been uh, kind of, I wouldn't say bothering me, at least I'm, I think that okay. if we can teach people how to write code the way you would do music, by looking at wow. something or by understanding that uh, we talk about uh, you know different uh, these design patterns and stuff like that which are good patterns yes. but when we implement them uh, can i find out that oh no this is not a symphony so if people can do that kind of collaboration as they work together uh, so that their that, approach that of learning it. or doing itself uh, somebody who appreciates music and software development can probably come up with something. I definitely yeah. like to uh, you know, hear your thoughts either today or thought. maybe some other time. Beautiful uh, thought. I, I will let you know that, that one of the, the programmers that has worked with me for 20 years mm -hmm. is also a musician. Oh. Uh, we recently sang a duet together in church that oh, was nice. just incredibly fulfilling. Uh -huh. um, I'm hoping to have him over to, to my new house soon. Oh. Uh, but yes, he, he is gifted in the art of harmony. And, and a big part of that uh, is humility mm -hmm. and, and the listening that you mentioned, even, even pointing to the ear, you know, you, you have to tune to each other, right? Yeah. It, it yeah. just, it, it, absolutely. There's no point in debating which one of us is in the correct tune. It's yeah. just pick one and tune to each other so that, so that you're together on it. But, but the listening and the awareness mm -hmm. But the beauty, the mm. artistry of code. Mm -hmm. I I fell in love with elegant code a mm. long time ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you can make it sterile. You can say it needs to be, you know, readable and, and, and reusable and, you know, all of these things. But but come on, it, it, you look at it and you say, that's just gorgeous. Mm -hmm. I, I, I love the way this code works. Yeah. That has enduring value. Yeah, that that will last. The yeah. the code that was just scribbled down and cobbled together and just barely works, like you know, duct tape and bailing twine. Mm -hmm. You won't, that won't last a year. Yeah. It, it'll be gone with the first storm. Yeah, and I I love what you're thinking there. You've really got me energized with the uh, developing the art and not just the science. Yeah. Of of elegant and beautiful and harmonious code that because it inspires. Absolutely. I mean, technology inspires yeah. when it's done right, yeah. when it's done well, when it's done yeah. beautifully. Yeah. 
Because again, going back to music, what fascinates me is uh, the performers on stage, they know that they can create the experience only together. And yes. sometimes uh, the way the lead changes, now who leads, who follows, yes. what happens. I mean, it all seems to be happening like magic, but I'm sure they have protocols. They know when to start, when to stop, when to hand over, take over. Uh, yes. How can we kind of teach that? Now, ultimately, yes. you know, it's uh, it's it has to be like you said in baseball, uh, the decision and in the moment, but then yes. people need to be in the moment. They they do they do yeah. and and I think the most invisible and the most difficult part to to analyze discuss document mm -hmm. is is that dynamic. Mm. You know the 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 tiny lift of an eyebrow the you know mm. just just the little nod that says mm. I'm going to go do this you do that you know yeah. it, it just. The way humans communicate at that almost subliminal level mm. is phenomenal. I don't think we're anywhere near digitizing mm. that. We don't even understand it ourselves, except mm. that even as children, mm. we learn it. Mm. I, I, I joke with people, you know, the, the closest I have to anything AI in my home is the uh, Amazon Alexa, <laughs> you know, and, and usually I just ask, ask Alexa to play a song for me, whatever. Uh -huh. um, but then Alexa has started getting a little bit more annoying with, you know, I have a suggestion for you. I would recommend this. You know, does this helpful? No. <laughs> well, I also have seven grandchildren that are four years old and younger. Right. Oh, nice. Alexa cannot tell when I'm upset. Mm. Every one of my grandchildren can. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When Alexa knows that I'm irritated at her, then mm. that's a leap forward. <laughs> but really, the more positive way to say it, mm. if if you know, if Alexa responded to the joy in my voice in my face that mm -hmm. I love that song, mm -hmm. you know, children are inspired by that. You know, to yeah. to, to make Grandpa smile. That. There's love in it. There's there's absolutely love in yeah. how we learn and how we <laughs> imitate and how we seek joy and happiness in, in all of our interactions. And there's just no need for technology to be sterile mm. of all of that. The, the, mm -hmm. the, it's silly to mm. think that you're going to segregate human emotion mm -hmm. out, out of the whole equation of technology. I think that's how it has become. Uh, I'm sure you can go into almost any store and you'll find some clerk angry at her cash register, you know, mm -hmm. point of sale machine or whatever. The The relationship between humans and technology has grown incredibly toxic. Mm -hmm. and, and and the restoration of something that, you know, is, is more like the way an artist would pick up a violin and just, I mm -hmm. love what, what I'm able to do with this thing. That That's what we got to pursue in technology. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, with this setting, okay, I usually like to uh, you know, get or pick our guests' uh, you know, wisdom uh, in terms of career tips. Okay, for maybe you not know, two segments of people. In uh, your case, I'll probably change it slightly. Okay, uh, you know, one of course for you know, people who are considering a career in information technology. Yeah, the second is. Uh, Typically, those who might be in their you know, midlife crisis or sure. not wanting to switch. And since you said that uh, your staff has both the technical as well as people who use the technology. Right. Let's stick to people who are not in technology today. 
but okay. in their mid career if they want to explore what would be your uh, you know tips for them for these two segments of uh, yeah so 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 let's tackle the the, the mid life change mm-hmm. one of the most intimidating things that that people face is you know in midlife is the idea of changing cultures learning a new language learning a new way of doing things uh my my brother was a missionary he's lived on four continents his whole career he's learned you know five languages hmm. um if that intimidates you the idea of of changing cultures and learning a new language mm-hmm. um don't go into tech hmm. if that fascinates you Mm-hmm. if you can't wait to to learn another way of looking at things another way of uh communicating things and i i spent one semester in france and i actually did in 4 months get to the point where i was actually dreaming in french mm-hmm. and and there are things i know how to say in french that i don't know how to say in english and, and vice versa mm-hmm. if you want to learn another way of expressing yourself mm-hmm. if that fascinates you mm-hmm. then then dive in and 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 don't you know don't just study the textbooks immersion full mm-hmm. immersion get in make mistakes learn from your mistakes I, I if the tech world fascinates you if the digital world fascinates you if, if the world of ones and zeros and what you can do with them fascinates you mm-hmm. that passion is is the key ingredient that that will make it successful if you think tech is where the money is and so i ought to go learn whatever the you know javascript or ai or whatever because that's how i'm going to make money don't mm-hmm. do it you you'll hate it you know it, it just don't don't stay there mm-hmm. um i think that was half of your question i need to be reminded what the other half was yeah this is for people who want well about to start their career uh, choosing right. it versus something else all right um i would say start backwards and what i mean by that is start backwards from the norm um don't go enhance your resume and then go shop for somebody who's interested in the skills you have mm-hmm. look around you at, at the kinds of people that are not satisfied with the technology they have mm-hmm. and figure out a way to help them solve their problems get enough tools it doesn't take much right starting carpenter needs a hammer or two screwdrivers you know you just start with a very small tool set and figure out a way to actually help somebody's job get easier quicker better more profitable with a small tool set mm-hmm. and then grow your tool set as the problems you're exposed to because if you serve one client even in a small way well he'll tell somebody he'll tell a friend or he'll come back to you over his next problem allow your skill set and your staff your company if you're if you're interested in that allow them to grow in response to the challenges and problems bring you bring their way don't don't get it the other way don't go build something you think people ought to want and wait for them to want it that, that there's a quite a few millions of people that have gone that way and the competition out there is just brutal so mm-hmm. if, if you can find a niche uh and grow it and expand it organically then you know it's it, it's basically like planting one tree in a place where you think it'll grow and make 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 sure it's got what it needs and then allow organic growth to take take over from there yeah that's very interesting because one of the uh maybe the stereotypical characteristics that everyone talks about is the young generation is restless and they want instant results 
So what exactly. would be a reasonable time frame to try all these things or how, how does one develop patience? You know, I think this is actually something that got reinforced. I, I would say I learned it, but the hints were there. It got reinforced strongly by how dramatically my attitude changed the first time I held a grandchild. Hmm. When my first grandchild was born and I, and I held her in my arms, um, how you feel about how I felt about life changed. Hmm. And the time takes a completely different um, role in, in your life. Um, I am not eager and anxious for my grandchildren to get older. Hmm. Do I expect them to? Absolutely. Bigger, yeah. taller, stronger, wiser, everything. Am I eager, anxious? You know, is it urgent that, that my four-year-old become 14? Heavens no. Mm. I, I, I don't want that to happen fast. Yeah. I, I want to make sure that I'm living my life in such a way that I can take a break and, and take him to the zoo like we did last week. It just, wow. you know, if you really love what you're doing, then there's no need to rush through it. Mm make sure you keep loving it mm -hmm. there are way too many people in tech that burn out by the time they're 35 mm. because they're just not finding and sustaining the joy in what they do yeah. and you know you shouldn't have to wait till you're 60 to, yeah. to at least get a pretty strong clue that that's mm. how life works mm. okay yeah two things i like the sign behind you it says grandpa's dad without rules yeah, that's what, that's what <laughs> yes, i indeed told my you know, daughter when our granddaughter was born saying that whatever rules apply to you don't apply to her exactly. and i'll make different rules so the related exactly. thing is also yes. about again partly time uh yes is that you have so many different interests yes uh, how do you find time for all that um i'm going to give you a tech answer and, and it's crazy <laughs> Um, I, I think this was back in the early days of IBM mm -hmm. when they, they, they started talking about selling multiprocessors, dual mm -hmm. processors. And uh, I heard a, a cynic say, they're not multiprocessing, they're processing, they're time slicing. Mm -hmm. they, you know, but just in, in you know, microseconds. Uh -huh. I, I'm going to spend three microseconds doing this and then I'm going to switch gears and do spend seven microseconds doing that. It, we all time slice. It, multitasking has become sort of a, a buzzword that, that everybody does it. No, you don't. Hmm. Today's generation gives undivided attention very rarely. Um, you know, they, they think that they can communicate on their cell phone and in the meeting and do programming all hmm. at the same time. Hmm. No, hmm. you're just very rapidly shifting from one focal point to hmm. another. Hmm. Um, life is short, but at the same time, it's long. Hmm. Uh, yesterday was a wonderful example. I, I, I woke up yesterday. We're, we're in a new home we just built, just moved into. Hmm. And I woke up yesterday because just kind of exhausted from all of the things going on. And I told my wife I wanted to do as little as possible today. Okay. So what doing as little as possible entailed was swimming a few laps in the pool sitting out enjoying the sun, uh, playing a little bluegrass banjo and sharing it with my friends on Facebook. Hmm. Uh, while I was at it, I, I, I nailed up a few 
sheets of plywood in my workshop and uh, cleaned out the cast litter box and organized my desk. And I actually accomplished about 12 things. Oh. When I, my intent was to accomplish nothing. <laughs> it was, it was pace. It was hmm. all about pace. Hmm. When the hurriedness went away. In fact, one time yesterday, my, my, my wife asked me what time it was. And, and I smiled at her. I was by the pool at that time. I said, I don't know. I don't have a sundial. <laughs> I, I, you know, I could tell where the sun was in the sky. I had zero urgency throughout the day. Hmm. And, and I think that is the best way hmm. to nurture multiple interests I, I do think multiple interests is very healthy, healthy. Mm. but if I were to try to sit down with a, a day timer and, and I've done this before in my younger naive years mm. and take the 168 hours a week and divide them up by the quarter hour. And what am I going to do when Yeah, it destroys the joy mm. and, and you lose an awful lot of that flow and that rhythm of mm. just now is a good time to do this. Yeah. So is there any, is the last probably question, even though we say we'll let time flow, I still need to be mindful of uh, you know, your time as well as our audience. Uh, are there any personal practices that you would recommend to be calm? Um, yes, and, and it's going to sound quite ironic, and, and I run the risk of being grossly hypocritical in saying so, but at least in terms of what I have sought, um, and four years in the military grew my appetite for this mm-hmm. because in that military, there's a time that things just have to be regimented. You, mm-hmm. you know, five o'clock means five o'clock and, and I mean, 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you're not late and you do what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it. On There are times when that's necessary, but there aren't that many times mm-hmm. when that's necessary. I, I, we have, my wife has two cats. And, and I study them. They're very relaxed creatures. Mm-hmm. Uh, they live by very few principles. Oh. They eat when they're hungry. Mm-hmm. They sleep when they're tired. Mm-hmm. They they move when they're restless. Yes. There is so much about our natural wiring, our own internal systems, that our body tells us when it's hungry. Our body tells us when it's tired. We are lonely when we long for company. If you will simply... Pay attention. I I quit waking up to to an alarm clock a long time ago. As Mm. soon as I could navigate, you know, with my bosses or clients or staff, Mm. you know, there's a reasonable expectation of what's going to naturally happen. Mm -hmm. But if I work till 2 a.m., I'm not going to wake up at 7. So I, I work when I need to work. I sleep when I'm tired. I eat when I'm hungry. Not always. But that's that's the goal. And and that's part of getting in rhythm with yourself. If you get into a good relationship with yourself, <laughs> where you are responding to your own signals of what's needed and necessary and important, then that will translate to the way you relate to the people around you. Yeah, wonderful. I could relate to a lot of things that you said, Tom. I think this could go on for a much longer time, but I guess we are constrained by time. Maybe we'll keep it for another day. So, yeah, thanks a lot, Tom. Jim, it has been a pleasure and a privilege. I look forward to talking with you again someday.
We thank Siddharth for the music and Anita for promoting the software people stories. If you like this episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcast client and spread the word in your network. If you'd like to share your story, contact us at podcast@pm-powerconsulting.com.